Coming to you entirely pre-recorded from the Garage of Solitude here in Whitestone, Queens, I'm Mario Francisco Robles. And from the Office of Justice, I'm Brett Miro, and this is episode 171 of the Fanboy Podcast. And it's going to be a big one. It is going to be a big one because this has been one of the craziest weeks to cover DC on film possibly ever with some of the yeah. ramifications and you know especially in light of all of the other stuff that's come out in the last few weeks that seem to be going in one direction and some interesting 180s and some outlandish rumors so for this week's show we're not going to talk about anything for now uh, except for this we're not going to talk about what games he's been playing or tv shows we've been watching or movie no no we have to talk about yeah. uh what's going on in the world of the dcu and it all began with a blockbuster report from the hollywood reporter earlier this week that sent all of uh you know dc hollywood into a tizzy and all of dc fandom <laughs> into a what the hell is going on here so there is a lot to break down. So, Brett, are you ready to break down some of it? I'm I'm ready. I mean, listen, Mary, surely we knew this day was coming. I mean, <laughs> we have new heads in there, right? So, like, it shouldn't be that big of a surprise. But, yeah, just, like, I think just getting it all at once, like a massive tidal wave of, yeah. like, whoa, like, you know, that that's yeah. what I think is everyone's going. But it's like we, we had that expected at some point the shoe was going to drop. We have new Something, people running yeah. the studio. But yeah, yeah let's, we got to get into this. This is crazy. Let's, let's get into it. So in, you know, we're going to kind of go chronologically with some of the rumors and, and things that have been put out there. We also have a response from James Gunn about some of this stuff. And we have some other murmurs from other trades that have been reported that we're going to touch on. So, but let's work our way chronologically because the Hollywood Reporter came out and uh, they came out guns blazing. With some very, very major announcements, right? No, no pun intended. James. Yeah, get it. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah, that was good though. So look, right off the bat, one of the first revelations in the Hollywood Reporter's report from earlier this week is that apparently Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman three has been scrapped, where uh, Patty Jenkins has turned in a script that she worked on with Jeff Johns, and she was all kind of gung-ho for this to be the follow-up to WW84. And apparently Gunn and Safran looked at it and said, no, thank you. And uh, depending on who you believe, uh, they were willing to continue to work with uh, Miss Jenkins on it. They had some notes, they had some ideas, and even though they're at the very earliest points of plotting out their biggest story ever apparently they already know what things they do and don't want for wonder woman to be up to so they gave miss jenkins some notes and miss jenkins promptly walked away from the project so it seems like for now at least a wonder woman 3 with patty jenkins at the helm is now off the table and gal gadot's future as as wonder woman appears to possibly be off the table as well also in that report, we found out that there was a very uh, interesting possibility for another Justice League movie with all of the existing Snyderverse actors. Apparently, the the, the executives who Zaslav had put in, uh, in charge of Warner Brothers and DC in a temporary basis before Gunn and Safran took over at the end of October, apparently those people we're kind of high on the idea of quote unquote giving the Snyder versus Justice League actors another go around, one more you know like big uh, film, possibly a Justice League sequel 
starring all these people. And that one also seems to be off the table. Also off the table, we hear that, well, we hear Black Adam 2 might not be happening at all now, which is kind of crazy to think when, uh, you know, Dwayne Johnson's been going around talking about <laughs> the hierarchy of power in DC is about to change. And yeah, oh, it looks yeah. like yeah. your big game changer is heading right into the recycle bin. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the big change is going to be the people who came in a week after your movie came out and said, never mind. But yeah, yeah apparently Black Adam 2 is no good. And um, the, there's also rumors of a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton. And we have a little more detail on that we'll get into in a sec. But apparently another ba a Batman Beyond movie has disappeared. And the biggie, which ties us into the Superman on film update for this week, is that the Man of Steel 2 that we've been hearing rumored of ever since Black Adam came out, ever since Henry Cavill announced that he's officially back and that the cameo is just basically the tiniest glimpse of what's to come and there's still so much to come after all that? It sounds like Man of Steel is back in the Phantom Zone. And that is something we talked about last week. You know, last week's episode was called, like, is Henry Cavill Superman return in question? And uh, that's basically where we're at now. Because according to The Hollywood Reporter, shortly after Henry's return, the studio did, in fact, begin to hear pitches and start discussing the possibility of a Man of Steel 2. And they even, you know, they had Charles Roven on as a director. And here are these interesting details that have come to light, where apparently Andy Muschietti of The Flash was interested in helming a Man of Steel 2. Uh -huh. And the studio had even heard and read a script treatment written by Stephen Knight of, uh, I believe his big thing is a, a, something called Dirty Little Liars, and he's done a couple other things. But apparently Stephen Knight turned in a script and the studio was not impressed. So that pitch is not moving forward and as peter as peter saffron and james gunn map out their big story it even sounds like just man of steel 2 in general is in limbo so there is a lot to kind of break down in all this but i feel like um i kind of want to start with the superman i know this is shocking to you brett but i want to start with the superman because this is crazy right this is crazy in that coming after black adam we had all this press all this buzz all this momentum all this energy around a sequel yeah all this and hype now, yeah all this hype and now it looks like at least for the time being it's all on indefinite hold while gun and saffron figure out their biggest story ever told so when it comes to Man of Steel 2 now, I mean, where do we start here? Um, how do, I mean, it, without there being a biggest story ever told uh, announced at this point, uh, how do you feel about the fact that now it just looks like there's a possibility we won't see Henry at all and that the Man of Steel sequel doesn't seem to be uh, in the works anymore? Well, yeah, like that that's... Uh, like having like like you said like all this hype around it and then like yeah. immediately getting this news like this one two punch like right after is yeah. really poor timing and bad pr i don't know like how who allowed that or arranged that or just it's just the way the cookies crumble but that's kind of bizarre um i i was i've been very vocal i think on the show that i'm okay 
if they didn't bring Cavill back and they wanted to reboot, and I'm okay if they keep him. And I've been very happy uh, that they are, they are keeping him and that uh, you know all this news came out. So now hearing this, it is it is very deflating. It is very yes. deflating. Um, it's very. I know I've been okay with either or, but now that I've just kind of was like. I've already like given myself over to this option that yeah. Cavill was back. And now it's like, oh, and it, it almost like sours me on the reboot side of things too, in a way, just because yeah. I was just like, you're, you're pulling my heartstrings <laughs> to me too. Like I, I focus on just like the egg on your face embarrassment of like the bad PR that this franchise has had so far. You know, can you imagine if like after Hugh Jackman had announced he's coming back as Wolverine for Deadpool three, you know, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios like, well, we're not so sure about that. We're going to yeah. figure that out. You know, fans right. have had time to now start imagining it and get excited about it. Yeah, you made this. a YouTube announcement yeah. about it. Yeah. like you... you know, and now all of a sudden, uh, well, maybe not. You know, <laughs> to me, like this back and forth, this kind of like we can't really figure out our ass from our mouth type of situation at dc over the last few years it's just it it, it it i get secondhand embarrassment trying to follow this franchise as someone who isn't already deeply embedded in it like if i were somebody just watching another fandom go through some of this i'd be like yeah. wow what insanity uh yeah. is at play here but um, i don't honestly i almost be like why do you even want to be a fan of this stuff anymore it's like i mean it's, i mean it's not that bad i'm being like you know um you know oh, I mean, it Over kind of is that bad, though. But it is, you know, like, when, oh, when you have the biggest movie star in the world going around right. for years hyping Black Adam up <laughs> and talking about Henry Cavill's Superman Return and hyping up a battle between Superman and Black Adam and all these plans and all this stuff, and then it literally just like the plug gets pulled out from it within a couple of weeks of it coming out. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just it, it looks really bad. It's got to be a terrible hit on the ego of uh, Mr. Johnson there, especially if he really doesn't get a sequel and is possibly never seen again, that's yeah. going to be a tough one for him to swallow. And for Henry, I mean, geez, what a roller coaster ride things have been his entire run as Superman trying to like get a chance to make that movie that cements his legacy. And every time it looks like he might have a chance, it just disappears out from under him. So look, I also want to put in just really quick too yeah, on that. Yeah. Like, so also, if you've you know been reading the trades, he um, is exiting the Witcher show on Netflix, yes. and apparently they pitched it as like a, a creative thing. Like he he hasn't really liked the way the direction the show has been going. He wants to hew more to the books. He's actually like you know Henry Cavill is actually like a really big nerd, and he's like really yeah. into the Witcher books and all the novels and stuff yeah. like that. So that's what they reported. But it came out so close to when the Superman announcement happened that I was like, he's definitely clearing his plate because he's thinking yeah. he's going to be busy making Superman movies, making yeah. buku bucks, and now yeah. like <laughs> he left that that franchise which is by all accounts doing very well on netflix like enough that yeah. like they're not stopping the show when cavill leaves yeah, just because he's they leaving canceled yeah. uh, they re uh, recast it with uh i think uh liam hemsworth which like eh. yeah um <laughs> kind of big meh from the community meh. there but uh yeah so it's like how bad would this be now if they're like oh yeah no we're not using you as superman and then he just like dropped that whole witcher thing like yeah. the creative thing wasn't true they just dropped it just because of like he's thinking yeah. he's busy Whew, that's gonna be like if I was him, I'd be really mad at The Rock and Danny Garcia. But but here's you the thing. You told me this too. was a lock. You told but, me it was a lock. But I'm glad you said this, though, because, too, like, it also seems that some of my speculation from last week was wrong. 
where it's not just that Garcia and Johnson were trying to kind of pull a fast one and force Henry into the light and kind of force the studio's hand. It seems like the studio itself really was high on this. They say that um, Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi, who are the ones who were like the temporary custodians of DC and Warner Brothers until they hired Gunn and Saffron, according to the reports, they really were. They're the ones who said, we want to move forward with Henry. They were the ones listening to pitches. It wasn't Gunn and Saffron who heard the pitch from Stephen Knight. It was apparently Abdi and DeLuca. And back in September, when Henry shot the Black Adam cameo, that wasn't the only cameo he shot. Apparently, he shot a quick thing for Aquaman. He also shot something for The Flash, where rumors are that he was going to pop up as like Clark Kent in some way and whatever. And they were going to, you know, they were going to incorporate him into that. So all of that is now in limbo. It's not just Man of Steel 2 that's in limbo, but apparently there was some kind of long range plan for Henry to return that is now just, you know, it could all go poof. Or when Gunn and Saffron are done kind of mapping out their story Bible, they're going to work it in there somewhere. You know, the good news in all this, too, is apparently we're only about a week away from their formal sort of pitch to the the presentation to Zaslav and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe within a couple of weeks now, we're going to know for sure what made the cut and what didn't. But for Henry in particular, it does sound like what makes it extra bittersweet. Because it'd be one thing if it was like, all right, Johnson and Garcia and Cavill himself were basically trying to like pull a grift and it didn't work, you know. But the truth of it is even the studio itself was like, no, 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 we want Henry. And now all of that is kind of on pause indefinitely. Um, The one note about The Flash that should be mentioned is that according to insiders, the film remains unlocked. The fact that they could still, you know, depending on how what kind of story they want to tell, they could choose to make some changes to it. It has not it's not being considered as a finalized film as of this point. The trades are saying that the flash remains unlocked, which means that there's still flexibility on how this goes. So, you know, it doesn't seem like any final final decisions have been made. But uh, for now, at least it looks like, you know, all this Superman stuff is kind of in limbo dude so- this movie this movie the flash like <laughs> the, you know the the friggin uh ezra miller drama the yeah. the reshoots the delays the change of scripts and directors then you have all these this cameo no reshoot this cameo with a different actor now it's yeah. still open to more changes is this movie just gonna be like a frankenstein's monster at the end like is this going to be uh you know um what was the movie that really got Frankenstein? BVS, right? Yeah. Well, no, it was yeah. Justice League. It was the and Justice, Justice, Justice League, is more, League. That more was like part like Snyder movie, part Whedon movie. Is this part just some Jeff strange John's Frankenstein's movie. monster now? I mean, I don't know. By all accounts, it is still like the best. And it may not even count like towards anything, which is even more funny. I um, think it's going to count to something. But I was it, gonna it's going like, to have to, yeah. The, 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 the the word on the street still remains that the flash is the best tested movie DC has put out there in years that people who are seeing it love it. They really do think it's going to be the kind of, you know, just what the DCU needs. Um, But again, see, so here's where I see, I think we should read 
uh, James's response. We should, and yeah, because I do want to mention something. Yeah, after that, yeah, or yeah. Like, oh, and before it we kind of does, just, what I, yeah. Just one last thing, though, but while we're just talking about that original report, because there was a couple of things that were interesting about the report in a positive way, I think, sure. which was that there was this interesting, quick mention about finances that apparently James Gunn and Peter Safran are not being held down financially and they're not being shown lots of uh, financial restrictions. Now, why is this a big deal? Because after the the relative kind of misfire of BVS in March of 2016, the new brass at Warner Brothers came in right away with a desire to bring down these budgets. They were unhappy with how expensive Man of Steel was relative to the profit it turned. They were unhappy with the how expensive BVS was relative to how you know uh, the profit it turned, and the same thing happened with Suicide Squad and Justice League. They've really felt that the the, the first round of DCEU movies, because that's back during the DCEU right. era, uh, just cost way too much and didn't make enough. So that's why in the years following, they found ways to slash prices. And that's when they started going into almost like the the horror film mindset. They brought in Walter Hamada from New Line. They had James Wan there who had already had success making Conjuring movies that cost $17 to make but made $3 billion at the theater. <laughs> you know, they brought in uh, Andy Samberg who had made, who'd done Annabelle in horror. You know, they, they were tapping into their New Line wing at Warner sure. Brothers because they loved that all those movies could be made for under a hundred million and make hundreds yeah. of millions in profit. So they were trying to find a way to streamline the process, bring costs down, bring profits up and stop having these bloated, expensive movies. And that's why like Shazam cost like 90 million and birds of prey was another very kind of like low budget right. affair. They were nice kind of mean. like in a, yeah. Yeah, they were going for like a like they, they were in cost cutting mode there for a few years. And now it seems like with Warner Brothers Discovery money now in play after this merger, it doesn't seem like Gunn and Saffron are being told you have to do everything on the cheap. Yeah. You know, you're, we're going to give you the resources you need to tell your biggest story ever told. And we're not going to like be nickel and diming you on what these films should cost to yeah. make. Well, so, also they they just wrote off right. Uh, they wrote off Batgirl with they wrote ta off you know, Batgirl. taxes, and what yeah. there, there was the other project too that they uh, that they just um, there was another project they canceled too. It was something that was like shot already or a movie or uh, it was like, maybe a show. There was something else. I don't yeah. know. There was something else aside from they've the back, whatever. Yeah. So they've been cutting that. They they as soon as that stuff came in, they they had they had layoffs, didn't they? They had layoffs. They've been cutting yeah. costs. And what do you think they're shedding all that fat for? So they got extra money to play around with this DC. That they, they know that's where the profit center is. You yeah. know, aside from HBO, it's yeah. we have to leverage this IP. There's money yeah. there, obviously. Like you know, so you know when when you go like, wow, you know, H, this this new regime is so horrible. They're doing layoffs, doing that. They got to free up money, and that's why they're probably now put, not putting Alicia and James Gunn and Peter Safran. Is we freed up a shitload of money, we have a yeah. lot of capital now. Like, make make us money. You got to yeah. spend money to make money, baby. You yeah. know that's how the world works. It's this is uh, this is U.S. capitalism one hundred and one. And again, <laughs> you got to spend it, it, money it, to make money. 
And it's another way in which this uh, merger has led to like a 180 in their philosophy, right? Because like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we've talked about the 180 on the multiverse concept where like, you know, they were trying to just make a bunch of individual smaller little movies in their own little standalone universes. Walter Hamada was very big on trying to just like silo everyone off into little groups and move away from the interconnected thing. And then Zaslav came in and said, no, we want one big coherent story. So we've discussed yeah. that 180. But also the 180 on the budgets, which, you know, like now, yeah, we're going to give you the money to tell the most grandiose DC stories you can tell, you know, so I'm all in favor of that. You know, I know that you know, there was a lot of scary stuff out of that report, but hearing that there's no financial restrictions put a big old smile on my face, you know, I because I don't yeah. want some low budget Superman movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, all right. So now let's get to Mr. Gunn's response, because a day later, remember, that's the inter interesting thing about James Gunn and having him as a DC boss. He actually responds to the yeah. BS online. Yeah. You know, he doesn't let weird rumors go unchecked. He doesn't let scoopers make a bunch of Patreon money and gain a lot of clout off of bullshit. He comes out there and goes, this is real. This is not. Shut up. Like, you know, he doesn't mess yeah. around. So that report came out. And the whole rest of the day, everyone's like looking at James Gunn's Twitter feed. Yeah. Like, is he going to say gonna any say of this is a lie or yeah. is he going to say it's real? Like somebody, hello. And finally, a day later, he released a nice little thread responding to what was said. So here, I'm going to read it to you. He says, so, period. I, I love that, too. Yeah. It shows like he knows like Twitter's yeah. like a dumpster fire right now. of People <laughs> freaking out. So he writes, so, period. Um as for the story yesterday in The Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true, some of it is half true, some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. Although this first month of DC has been fruitful, building the next 10 years of story takes time, and we're still just beginning. Peter and I chose to helm DC Studios knowing we were coming into a fractious environment. Both in the stories being told and in the audience itself. Lots of nuggets in here. And yeah. there would be an unavoidable transitional period as we moved into telling a cohesive story across film, TV, animation, and gaming. But in the end, the drawbacks of that transitional period were dwarfed by the creative possibilities and the opportunity to build upon what has worked in DC so far and to help rectify what has not. We know we are not going to make every single person happy every step of the way, but we can promise everything we do is done in the service of the story and in the service of the DC characters we know you cherish and we have cherished our whole lives. As for more answers about the future of the DCU, I will sadly have to ask you to wait. We are giving these characters and the stories the time and attention they deserve, and we are still we ourselves still have a lot more questions to ask and answer. And then he signed off that thread with another image of uh, Alex Ross Justice League. Although this time it wasn't Kingdom Come, it was them younger in their prime. Another Alex Ross, uh, you know, another time Alex Ross uh, drew the Justice League. So I have my own theories about that, by the way. But okay, so that is Gunn's yeah, official there, response. Uh, yeah, there's some speculating to be done there, and trust me, we're going to do it. Yep. But uh, 
But right now, just in terms of that response, you read that. What was the first thing that jumped out at you, Brett? Um, the first thing that jumped out was the basically the first thing he said about some of it is true, some of it is half true, and some of it's not true at all. And some, and some of it is deciding if it's true, if it's going to yeah. be true. <laughs> and I think that's important. And it was something like you, you kind of your wording before when we were talking about everything, you kept yeah. saying limbo, 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 limbo. Yeah. That's what I want to stress to the fan base before you have another heart attack. Cause I know you already <laughs> have them when this report came out before you have more heart attacks, like just because this iteration of wonder woman three is not happening just because this iteration of man of steel two is not happening. Doesn't mean necessarily that Cavill and Godot are out. It doesn't yeah. mean that we're not getting those movies at all. It yeah. doesn't mean yeah. that yet. Like, you know, and again, I, I want to like, you know, go back to the, we'll go back to the beginning, like the report, like specifically when you read the wording in the report, this um, treatment of Wonder Woman three was not something they liked. So it was open to just yeah. be like, hey, this is not going to fit into what we have planned, but you can make these yeah. changes or adjust this. And obviously in, in the report, what we know is Patty Jenkins apparently walked away. Apparently she was also like real snarky about it. There's like a lot of extra. Details. Yeah, she said I always that. wonder that shit if like um, she sent an email with the, with the link to the definition of character arc, apparently. Yeah. Like, well, like did it was you hear just the like, rumor though? Since you're talking yeah. about it, did you hear the rumor Might as well though, that, that 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 they might bring like apparently her thing had some of the repeat offenses from WW84, where one of the rumors is they were gonna get Chris Pines, uh Steve Trevor back again for this. Oh. Like, if that's true, I'm totally yeah, that... with them being like, let's not go to that well. And I'm also I'm like the one person who liked <laughs> WW84. Um oh, yeah. and, and it didn't bother me so much. But yeah, if they brought him back again, that's not cool that's yeah. really bad um but anyway so yeah so like but again it was the treatment so now at this point i really almost feel like because i know godot and jenkins have been very like buddy buddy on this journey together so the only way i could see this not happening or we we losing godot is if godot says well if jenkins isn't doing it i'm not doing it but yeah. i don't know godot might say i'm still down for a uh you know 20 million dollar payday and uh if we get a good script i'll do it and a good director so that's the thing um the henry cavill thing i guess that is also that's going to be up to james gunn and peter safran and because we know that right that superman is going to be at the forefront and going to be the anchor for this new 10-year plan uh yeah. i think that's still that is still the main focus uh for dc studios so whether they want to build that off cavill or, or they want to build that off uh, a different actor um well, so yeah, it, that's just the important is like nothing is locked in stone yet. And just because the you're seeing all these things are canceled, canceled, canceled doesn't mean right now that, oh my God, it's not happening. And oh my God, it's an uproar. Like we have to wait and see a little bit more. So just like yeah. temper everything just a little bit. <laughs> yep. Yep. So definitely the, the, the staff, the, the, the stuff about some true, some half true, some not true, some undecided. That is definitely a big pearl that came from this. Him acknowledging, by the way, because we've been saying forever, whoever steps into this job is walking into quite a situation, yeah. you know, and he that. flat out acknowledges it. You know, we knew we were coming into a fractious environment. Not just with the stories, but even with the audience, which to me is kind of like, you know, the, the Snyderverse versus everyone else sort of conflict, right? Yeah. Um, you know, talking about the audience um, and then talking about the, there was this one line that I really like where he says um, the opportunity to, to build upon what has worked in D.C. so far and to help rectify what has not. 
So that's very important. <laughs> that once yeah. again, because I, I, I should, I feel like one thing we didn't mention about the the THR report is that the big like walk away point for that that people took away from it and were freaking out about was that maybe he's going to do like a full on hard reboot, really like pull the plug right. and start from scratch after Aquaman. Cause it's, it looked like nothing was safe. You know, if he's willing to say goodbye to a wonder woman three, if he's willing to say goodbye to a justice league sequel, if yeah. he's willing to say goodbye to all these other potentially big event film opportunities, you know, it means that maybe uh, he's, he, they, they are going to have the balls to pull the full hard reboot we thought that everyone was scared to do. But by him coming out and saying that we're going to build upon what has worked and help rectify what has not, that shows that he does see that there's things that, you know, he's taking a little that mix and match approach still. So I think that's an important part of his response. I also want to touch on some of the other interesting rumors about Superman. Something you said reminded me of this. Sure. Um, one of the other rumors that has popped up since this is that Walter Hamada had, had apparently had some kind of quote-unquote long-range plan to have Henry come back for a crisis on Infinite Earths event film at some point down the line. And that Dwayne Johnson had essentially kind of muscled Henry into the Black Adam end of things instead. But just, you know, while, while we're in this interesting zone about mm -hmm. Superman and Superman opportunities, uh, I, I needed to mention that as part of the interesting rumors. Um yeah, so what do we do here? Like in terms of Superman, in terms of the future of everything, um, Gunn continues to use images that have Superman right at the center of the action whenever he posts about DC-related stuff, whether it's the Kingdom Come image, whether it's the Justice League image he posted at the end of uh, the thread earlier this week. He always makes sure to have Superman front and center. Also, as we've discussed, it has been reported that it was Gunn and Saffron themselves who were in, no, Gunn and Saffron who were in Zaslav's ear these last few months about the importance for Superman and having our AAA titles firing on all cylinders. So with that in mind, that tells me that whether it's Henry or it's a new actor, there's going to be a lot of Superman storytelling as part of this big, massive story that they're going to tell. And for mm -hmm. me, as long as there's Superman coming, I ain't that sad. You know, I love me some Henry Cavill. I would have loved him to get that chance to do his thing. But at the end of the day, I love Superman more than anything else, more than any one portrayal of him. So when I right. read all this stuff, as long as I know that Superman's future on the big screen is still like a big part of Gunn's plans, I'm not that upset at it. I'm not that worried. I'll, I'll, I'll be sad for Henry as a fan. I'll be embarrassed as a follower of this stuff at, with all the egg on the face after Black Adam now that's going to happen. But am I going to be devastated? Am I going to boycott a reboot? Am I going to have some kind of ill feelings about? No, honestly, I'm not. It would have yeah. been nice. But at the end of the day, if they decide not to go with him, he's only ever been a part 
of polarizing films that get people to speak angrily at each other. He has yet to have that runaway, feel-good, Henry Cavill is our Superman and involved right. in exciting things. He hasn't had that, and he's been in the role for nine years. So yeah. if they ultimately decide to move, you know, move on, uh, you know, I, I won't be that heartbroken. Yeah. But talking about what, what they're trying to pull off here, though, is interesting. Because in terms of like rebooting, in terms of like, you know, um, staying the course, I think one of the main things that they wanted, what the, that one of the main things that they maybe were trying to accomplish this week is to let all, everyone know if you have a DC project gestating, uh, hold off for now. We need to figure out our story. We can't keep having projects and movies and things getting announced and teased before we know our big story, you know? So by him canceling Wonder Woman 3, or at least putting it on hold for now, by them putting Man of Steel 2 on hold for now, by them basically icing all kinds of plans, to me, it's a smart way to go. Because imagine you're the new boss and you're in the middle of trying to come up with what these next 10 years look like look like but every time you go on the internet there's rumors about some other dc project and there's some other you know different yeah. pitch coming in you kind of need to tell everyone stop please stop yeah. we're going to come up with the story and go from there yeah we got to seal the pipeline at some point yeah. we can't just let things still flying through the pipe exactly. while we're trying to build you know the lake at the end you know what i mean How, the, yeah, the reservoir yeah. <laughs> like How the reservoir is not taking... built and things are yes. flying to the pipe. So it's like, How we got to be stop taking it? pitches and awaiting yeah. draft, especially because one of the things too, was like, aside from Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns working on a wonder woman three script, apparently you had Christina Hodson, who's already written birds of prey, who already wrote the flash. So they already see her as like a very important DC writer there at Warner right. brothers in DC, who knows if gun and Saffron feel that way, but Hodson has already written two DC films. And they asked her to write a Batman Beyond film with Michael Keaton as the elder statesman Batman telling, you know, doing like the whole Terry McGinnis story. And there was even a rumor that Michelle Pfeiffer would have returned as Catwoman to continue yes. the love story between him and Michael Keaton, between her and Michael Keaton. Uh so that, you know, that, of course, that gets a lot of people going, oh, no, and now we're losing that. But here's the thing, like, if that's not part of the long range plan, you can't do it. You know what I mean? The, the whole point of what they're trying to do is, you know, how are we going to come up with our long range? Here's our plan. When you have projects that were requested months and months or maybe even a year before they took over, starting to try to get into that next stage development, you can't do it. It's like yeah. we talked about before, too. Whoever steps into this job is trying to deal with a train that has left the station. Yeah. You know, the, the, this process is all They're putting the learned. tracks down as the train is moving forward. So, and you, yeah, again, so like I said, you have to you have to stop it. You have to you like, got to tell all the trains. Hey, listen, you may be heading for someplace yeah. great. You, you may not be. <laughs> you need to just stay at your current station while we figure yeah. out where these tracks are going. You know, exactly. so part of what I got from all of this, part of like for me, what was like the real takeaway from all of these rumors today, uh, this week, is that anything we knew prior to Gunn and Saffron taking office needs to be rethought. 
And we need to just take a deep breath because under the new ownership, they are going to side, they, they are going to decide the way forward. And it honestly makes the most sense to kind of ice everything until you have your core story told, you know? So in terms of the overall reboot thing, let's wait and see. Let's see what mm -hmm. the big story is. Let's see if we get any teases or as to what the big story was going to be or is going to be. But all we need to know is that now things are still kind of in a weird state of flux. And when it comes to Superman in particular, my particular fandom has me more in, you know, more focused on the character and less on Henry. So we're going to see if Henry comes back. But at the end of the day, as long as there's still Superman front and center, I think that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was going to say, too, like, I don't. And whether he does like a full blown reboot or they just decide to like build a new, you know, big arcing story moving forward, like mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see um, that like the the current actors that are attached to the roles have to go away for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and again, mm -hmm. going with what Gunn has said and how he says I'm a true, I'm a half true, the way he worded it, um, I feel like they're trying to do that especially when he made the comment about the fractitious environment and yeah. you know with the fan the, the fandom i think that would be a way right to maybe i think they need to do the best thing for the story overall so what however that is however it affects the fandom i mean it is what it is but like i think that means he is looking to try to maybe keep some pieces in play um while they build the next story where it could kind of like unite the fandom um, I think that would that would be his goal. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's always in service of the characters and story. We know there's going to be some victims, so it just yeah, it, there's going to be. You can't to make an omelet, you got to crack a couple eggs, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, aside from the news, can we can we talk about the images now and speculate a little bit? The images sure. Yes. And what what we're look what kind of story maybe we're looking at? Yeah. So look. You know, yeah. he, he's posted the Kingdom Come image of all of our Justice Leaguers old and... and, and A lot and, of Alex you know. Ross, right? Yes. You've, you've, and you've then he that. goes and he posts an image of by Alex Ross of them young and in their prime. And something I tweeted out there is like, wouldn't it be interesting? And this, and this kind of goes back to what we were discussing last week, too. Of yeah. like, we start with a story that has all of our heroes in their prime already kind of established in the world. And we end with a story 10 years later that is the Kingdom Come adaptation that we've been kind of like drooling over the very yes. thought of. And because we haven't really seen that, you know, we, yes, we've seen a long story told over time, like the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe culminating in Endgame and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like going for like now they're much older and the whole point of the story is like we've gone on quite a ride with these characters and now we're going to yeah. see them do that like one last hurrah retirement crazy story of kingdom come so since he keeps focusing on the justice league he keeps focusing on the alex ross type type of like mythical epic imagery of our characters it it it, it plants into my head that we're going to have a story that starts with our heroes in their prime and ends with the kingdom come sort of, uh, yeah. you know, adaptation. Where, where did your mind go there, Brett? Well, no, I mean, that is where I'm going, but I just think like the implications of that is like really ex exciting. Like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like you said, we, we have seen, you know, we saw this team of Avengers 
go through but like when you look at it like what was it like a like a 10 year time span like almost yeah. like it, it kind of went almost like real to life i know we had the, the time jump but some people were dead yeah. and blah 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 end game okay so but like you know we saw that in like uh which was really cool and we definitely saw like character arcs and character development yeah but yeah imagine we get like um let's like just throw out there like let's say five justice league movies maybe with the solo ones peppered in I, i'm almost like thinking i'm like i don't even care if they do solo movies imagine they just give us like a big five justice league ensemble yeah. movie arc you know like just do that yeah. and not even have the little individual stories just like give us yeah. a cool arc like that um which i think snyder was doing but i didn't like where that was going um yeah. <laughs> so i mean whatever it wasn't wasn't the story i wanted to see but like yeah imagine having that like in their prime and like seeing them and then like you know maybe between each movie there is like a time jump or or like you do the three or four of them in their prime and then like between the fourth and fifth movie is like you know a 25 year time jump and then, yeah. yeah, we see these guys like, you know, wrestling with their own, you know, mortality or lack thereof, of, yeah. of, you know, maybe their, their immortality or like everything they've been through. And then like, you know, with the King of Kong storyline, like dealing with these new heroes and like legacy. And it seems like a really emotional, I like the word you use, mythic, like yeah. tale um, well, to tell and about these characters. And, that, and that, that would be a very, that might be the biggest story ever told. Like that would yeah. be a really incredible thing. And like, just have this arc and you know and then it's done and then like we could start like kind of fresh again i guess i don't know yeah I don't know well here's the thing though too like th speaking of like mythic and all that like we, we know that gun can have a sort of quirky sense of humor we know that he loves c and d list characters yeah. we know that you know he, he he could go for something that's a little more quirky black humor you know, dark humor type of like you know almost like an indie vibe I swear that like that's the energy he brought like uh, the Suicide Squad into Peacemaker kind of is a more grown up kind of uh, yeah. thing, but I think it's interesting that when it comes to the images he's been posting, it's nothing that's like funny or lighthearted or some kind of weird comic book oddity Easter egg like he like he tends to like to post. He's showing our heroes in their most epic form. You know, Alex Ross's artwork is revered by most fans as like, you know, th these characters have never looked better. They look like yeah. actual paintings you would see in a museum, you know, and the fact that he keeps referring to Alex Ross as his like representation for these characters so far tells me that you know, he's treating this with seriousness and gravitas. And these heroes are not just going to be played for laughs. It's not going to be like. Right some lighthearted James Gunn romp. He's looking to tell something that's got some meat on the bones. He's looking to yeah. you know dive in there and tell something that's going to have people on the edge of their seat wanting to watch this whole thing unfold over the course of a decade. You know? Well, it's like, I think people, you know, obviously you're going to, they're going to immediately look to the Marvel stuff that he's done. Cause like, I already see like the snarky comments. Great. He's doing the DC. Now it's going to be a bunch of D-list characters and fart and dick jokes. Yeah. Like I'm like, all right. He, first of all, like that is being so reductive because so like those reductive. movies are, are way more like you're yeah. obviously you're mad and you're just tweeting that online anonymously, but like you're wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Listen, you don't have to like them. You're entitled to your opinion, but like, that's just not true. So anyway, you're going to look at that and then you're even going to look at people are going to point to his DC output. Well, he did Peacemaker and Suicide Squad, which were quirky, although I don't think Suicide Squad was exactly in the same tone as the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think he no. has levels to his tone. Yeah. But what you're saying now, now it's different. He was just doing he did two projects over at DC He and then he was going back to do Guardians at Marvel. He's a free agent. He's now the head of DC Studios and the mastermind behind planning 
all of the money that they want to need to make over the next 10 years. Okay. So like, and I, I really don't think, listen, he's smart. He knows he's been very involved with Kevin Feige over there and Marvel and seen how it works. I don't think he's just coming over here. It's clear he's not coming over here and just going, let's do what we do at Marvel. I think you're going to, under his watch, I think you are going to see movies that are vastly different than it will come before and are going to be vastly different from Marvel. Um, I, I, I really think he's aware of the comparisons people are going to make. And I think he's like, I think he, he seems like the kind of guy to like come into this role and be like, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to do something like different and not what is expected, you know, uh, uh, that, that I normally do. And listen, he's not directing every fucking movie. He's Godfather yeah. this thing, but there's going to be directors hopefully putting yeah. their touch, their spin. There's going to be a collaborative, you know, effort into this too. So like, keep in mind, it's not just like, it's not like he's directing every film and everything is just James Gunn, James Gunn. He's just planning the arcs, you know? But he, I, I think with coming into this role, like my point is like, yeah, he's, he's, I think going to do something, I think different and surprising and not exactly what you expect James Gunn to do. I agree. I agree. I really do. And I'm not just saying that. Listen, we're not chills. We don't get paid. We don't get promotions. No one's paying yes. us to say this shit. We're two guys that just like nerding out about this stuff. And hopefully you guys like listening to us. So like that, that's really, I, I really do feel that way. I really do feel like this guy's coming in to do something different. And I know everyone's like, well, Snack Snyder came to do something different. Yeah, but it wasn't working. I'm sorry, guys. It wasn't working. This yeah. is something that I think is going to be, you know, more commercially viable. Whether we like to hear those words or not, it's the truth. This is how the world works. Things have to be commercially viable. But I think it could still have soul and impact. And, you know, listen, there are filmmakers out there. There are films in the genre that we've seen that do have that. So, like, stop with the negativity and let's, you know, let's go for a ride. Are you at all... Uh, wounded at the loss of this Batman Beyond film, or like which of these potentially dead projects uh, has you the most bummed? But just to recap, all right, there's Wonder Woman 3, there's a Justice League sequel with the Snyderverse cast, there's a Black Is Adam that supposed sequel. to be the crisis thing, though, that I heard, or is that I don't different? know if it's the same thing, but let's yeah. just in general, uh, a okay. Justice League sequel with those people. The Black Adam 2 sequel looks like it's gone. Um, and then we have the Batman Beyond thing and the Man of Steel 2 thing. Of those things potentially going away, which one makes you cry in your in your soup the most? So really quickly, um, it's not Black Adam 2. Because <laughs> oh, I do right. want to tell one of those things. I did finally see <laughs> Black Adam. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I... I it was it was aggressively okay. It I think <laughs> I like you were that. a little higher on it than I am. I was. I, I, I was. The um you know the rock, you know like he just like it's crazy because I feel like that guy has so much charisma. Like even in his Instagram videos, even when he was a when he was on WWE all the time, yeah. like the guy had so much charisma. And then like he plays these characters that are just so one note and wooden. Like he was so one note, and it's yeah. like I know he has more range. And it's just like, and also he, I think he says maybe like 30 lines the whole movie. Like he doesn't talk <laughs> yeah. barely in the movie at all. So anyway, um, yeah, it was just like, it, the plot was kind of all over the place. The villain was not compelling. It was weird. They, they had a, you know, the way they kind of like just pulled him out of the action and put him in like in the, in the, in the, the, the recover, like whatever the prison, you know, and then like 10 minutes later, he had to like, they had to pull him back out. That was like just some weird stuff. There's also a really weird thing. I don't know if you noticed this or anyone else caught this. So when you first, 
around the middle of the movie when they go back to the flashback and i think they're starting to they're starting to reveal spoilers for black adam uh they're starting to reveal that the flashbacks that you saw his son originally became the champion first yeah. and then like passed the thing on to him the first time they actually reveal like the rock and his like he's it's obviously his head on like some smaller person's body yeah. <laughs> whatever he is speaking in you know kandaki or, or whatever the 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 word the the yeah. language uh is called and it's clearly not his voice yeah. saying the lines but then later scenes it is definitely the rock saying the kandaki like lines yeah. but like it's clearly and it's not even a sound alike it just sounds like a completely different person and i'm like why did his voice change when he <laughs> i don't know like it was that was weird so there was like some just weird stuff with that um but then also i don't want to be so negative like i thought hawkman was awesome i thought dr fate was a really cool spoilers yeah. they took him off the table and he dies at the end of it which stinks because it was pierce brosnan which was awesome but like but he'll be back. that character and his power set were yeah. really cool. Like really yeah. cool. They did a sick job with that. Like I loved his power set. He, he was a really cool hero and I knew nothing about him. So I was like, that yeah. stinks that you just took him out. Um, the, the young heroes were kind of like wasted and they were like, they had nothing to do. I felt bad actually a... for the girl cyclone or whatever. Like yeah, they, just, she had, they didn't give anything to her. I felt and then, and like, she looked like, like a CW character had just one. Yeah, she really percent. did her, her yeah. costume and just the way the powers looked were not good. Um, yep. you know, funny, funny, uh, Ant-Man guy, giant man was just like, yeah, yeah he's fine. So like, yeah, it was just like, there were some high points and, and, but like, I was just like, Ugh, like, it didn't really do anything yeah, to garner a sequel, sad to say. Um, and and as we know, too, uh, uh, we should just mention, we didn't mention it like in the report, but the the movie's like uh, slated to lose 50 to $100 million. Like it did not. Well, perform. but you know, uh, he did come out. Johnson apparently came out and rebooked that. And they showed some other kind of voodoo economics where apparently it's going to make $50 million. But even still, I'm like, is that what we're celebrating, though? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it did. That's not profit after hyping this shit up for like 10 yeah. years. You know, like that's not, you know. And honestly, I think that's maybe one of the reasons for these stories this week that Gunn and, and Saffron have had to like throw a cold blanket onto everyone. <laughs> they can't afford more Black Adam situations. Yeah, we can't. While have they're putting together <laughs> their thing, you can't have producers and actors going into business for themselves promoting stories that maybe have nothing to do with dc's future you know you can't have films that come out that are like separate of the main story yeah. that are just gonna this is make a brand this yeah. is a brand You're so if you have a brand. shitty superman movie like that gets people less pumped for the next batman movie like it, they yeah. all it, it is it's not, it's not like you know People don't think that they link it together and they go, oh, this is the DC output. Like it does yeah. make a difference. Like, yeah, you, it all you cannot have any more of those. Yeah. Um, so to me, like the, the these announcements this week, these rumors this week, the cold water that's been splashed on a lot of projects this week, a lot of it has to do with because we can't have more Black Adam situations. You know, yeah. if you're the boss, you can't have other projects that come out that just muddy the waters and make your main thing look crappy. And promise yeah. things that maybe we're not going to follow up on. I mean, in terms of broken promises, you know, I still go back to the end of the theatrical Justice League with the table of, you know, seats for seven and room for more and the tease yeah. of the Legion of Doom. Like, you can't keep teasing people your half-baked plans. 
Yeah. You know, so I feel like putting everything on ice for now is the most important thing they could have done. And if and, Patty Jenkins yeah. is unhappy about that, I'm sorry. If Charles yeah. Roven and Stephen Knight and whoever wants to make MOS2 is unhappy with that, I'm sorry. If Christina Hudson's script for Batman Beyond was great, but it just doesn't fit anymore, listen, maybe they'll make a comic book out of it. I don't know. But And I, I never answered the question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I sidetracked on Black Adam. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that disappoint me, disappoint me, disapp- whatever I can't talk, disappoints me on this is uh, that the Man of Steel two is dead, and not. I mean, listen, I don't know if the script was good or not, but it just means that yeah. like that's a little further off now. Like that yeah. that that puts that sequel further back. Um, if they are doing a quote unquote sequel, yeah. not just doing a reboot, that's yeah. probably the only thing that makes me sad. The Batman, I'll be on Batman Beyond. I had gotten. So I, I grew up on Batman the Animated Series. I watched yeah. all that, obviously. But by the time Batman Beyond came out, I think I was like kind of like not into that stuff as much anymore. Or I was like doing other yeah. things. And I, I wasn't like watching cartoons, you know. It's ironically that I'm an older man now and now I watch cartoons uh, more than I did when I was a teenager. But yeah, like yeah. I think it was that. So like I don't have this like um, diehard attachment to Batman Beyond. Like some people that like grew up – like yeah. some people that was their Batman actually. Like they grew up on yeah. that. So I don't have this crazy attachment to it and to that. Um, it, it's a cool idea. Um, but to me, like Bruce Wayne is Batman, always is Batman. He's just Batman, not Terry McGinnis. It's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's interesting to me that they had this thing going on. But again, yeah, like I don't know where, where it fits. And, you know, Wonder Woman 3, um, I, I would graciously accept the Wonder Woman 3. I mean, if it's not the Jenkins one, uh, that's fine with me, though. You know what I mean? Like I, I like Gal Gadot as the, as the character. So I'm not attached to like being Patty Jenkins and like that yeah. iteration of it. The Snyderverse sequel, I'm just like over it. So like whatever, it's fine. Well, what Believe was it gonna it not, be? Was it gonna be the sequel know. that was supposed that it was supposed no, to be? No, no, no. Or it was, was it just a different movie with them? Different movie yeah. with them, giving them a chance to tell. Yeah. be is universe more confusing this time. More or, yeah, confusing. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just stop it. Um, and then uh, yeah, and that's it. So, so I answered Although, that question. Believe it or not, though, <laughs> if I were to answer that question, it would yes. be that Justice League movie. Because here's the thing, with the MOS2 thing, I still have this feeling that there's going to be some kind of Superman story very, very shortly. So as as bummed as I am that it may may not be a direct sequel, you know, I know that there's Superman coming. Yeah. But a Justice League story that perhaps would have brought back these characters in a story that gave them a whole new lease on life and maybe separated them from the past and just drops us into some really epic Justice League story. Um, that might, to me, that I, I see a lot of upside in that one and it being gone. That's the one where I'm like, Hmm, that might've been special. If they would have found a way to have these versions of these characters and a new story with new creative energy as a way to try to like make everyone forget about these last few years and focus on this. Now, I think there's some interesting potential for a justice league too, with this right. cast, but yeah. The end of the, the day, though, too, if like if they weren't going to be able to get Affleck back, there was going to have to be like all of Snyder's crew plus Michael Keaton, and it would have looked a little strange. Yeah, it would it would have looked weird. But, I, was, uh, I don't know how that ever would have worked out. Yeah, so that, that that's the one that I lament. But in general, I ain't lamenting that much. You know, at the end of the day, we have some stuff that we still have to figure out. We're a week away from them presenting their story Bible to Warner Brothers Discovery. By the way, what happens if they pitch it? And the studio's like, "Mm, 
Nah, never mind. Like, nah. When you go back and <laughs> Y'all just do are what Marvel did, do what yeah. Marvel did. And then they hire somebody else as the head of uh, DC Studios. I mean, at this point, would you be shocked? I don't know, with all these different back and forths, you know? But uh, but yes, we're a week away from presumably yeah. Gunn being able to present his big story and us having some real idea yeah. of where things are going next. Presumably, um, we're just going to have a lot of great weeks of, of DC news to cover up on the show. Yeah, so. yeah. Hey, they're going to give us lots of fun. For like a hot season, hopefully. Watch, and then like the, it's like silent for six weeks. <laughs> like, I don't know what to talk about. Um so uh, I think I think that about does it. Or did you want to talk about anything else, Brett? Yeah. So I'm going to put my cool little ticker at the bottom. Ooh. So I did want to just go over. We, we recently uh, just passed uh, the 2022 Game Awards, which is a big it's, it's gaming's biggest night, as they call it, which I think is really funny. <laughs> um, so a couple of interesting musings. Uh, I won't go hopefully too crazy, maybe a little crazy. Um, so the first thing I want to point out is that uh, we knew that a sequel this I mean, this stuff in intersects with our audience. We yeah. knew there was a sequel coming to Jedi Fallen Order, which is a really good video game. Or you've been playing it or yeah. have, have you had yeah. played it. You haven't. Beaten yes, it. I haven't played. been. Yet. Okay. So that's that Cal Kestis. All right. And uh, yes. really ended up being a very cool Star Wars game. So we knew there's a sequel coming and they finally did the big gameplay reveal at the Game Awards. Um, so it takes place five years after the first one. So Cal Kestis got a little scruff now. He looks a little, a little more worn down. And um, uh, Deborah Wilson is back as her character's name. I forgot her character's name because I haven't played the game since it came out. But uh, she's back. And um, there's still a weird guy with one arm floating in a tube. And they still haven't revealed that identity. I have no idea who it is. But, um, yeah, they, they showed some some gameplay. Um, you know, definitely looks kind of like the first game, but great environments. They showed some cool little boss fights, some cool creatures. So they've been doing a great job at that. Uh, there's some cool new stuff you can do with the lightsabers, it looks like, and uh, some customizations. I also think they're adding a blaster. So that's Ooh. really awesome. And, um, yeah, there's there's a couple of, like, pre-order bonuses, I think. Uh, they I think one of the pre-order bonuses is, like, you get, like, a it's called, like, the scoundrel outfit, and it looks like Han Solo's outfit. And, and you get his blaster so they have a couple of cool like cosmetic things which i was like i was hoping they would do more of that in the first game and they didn't it was just like hey, here's 20 different colored ponchos and it was the same <laughs> outfit for him so it looks like you actually have a little more customization i like that stuff but uh yeah the game looks great it looks like it's um you know the first game did release a little buggy and maybe a little um it was a really great proof of concept and i think overall the game was like excellent but you know there was like oh some of this stuff could be fine-tuned a little bit and it looks like Things just look a little bit tighter. The, just even from the gameplay watching it, you know, it looks like a little, you know, a little bit of a tighter project. So I'm very excited for that game. Um, it's canon, you know, so that's some cool stuff. Um, I'm, I'm curious what surprises we will see. Uh, and I think they got a release date. It's coming out uh, next year. It's coming out next Good. year. About maybe maybe March or May or something in that range. April, something. It's going to be a busy spring. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, there was also, they showed more footage. They showed the first full clip of the Super Mario Brothers movie introed by Keegan-Michael Key. Um, so a couple of things I want to point out. So first of all, the, I have to give it to Illumination Studios, man. The animation is like, oh my God, like, <laughs> oh my God, how good is the animation? Like yeah. the way, like the clothing moves, like Mario's, like, like his overalls, like you see wrinkles and creases, just like how he's animated all the characters. Um, I love, like you really see, they did like this incredible world, world building. The whole scene is like a minute and a half. It's Toad uh, taking Mario through like 
Mushroom Kingdom, like leading up to the castle. Yeah. And it's amazing how they integrated, like basically there are coin ATMs and you see toads hitting them to get money out of the ATM and they're like, like breathing heavy, like they're tired, they're exhausted from having to yeah. keep hitting it just to get one coin at a time. Very, very funny stuff. Um, there's also a cool little moment where he walks past an antique shop and it has these like items that look like items from Mario games, but they're like 8-bit looking. And uh, there's a toad going, does this thing work? And you hear the other toad in the background. He goes, oh, yeah, it should. He goes, you might just have to blow on it, which is a reference to the <laughs> NES cartridges, which That's is amazing. amazing. So like there, you already see in a minute and a half these little things. And then, you know, all the platforms that Mario jumps on in the games are like actual like functional elevators in the world. And that's how the toads move around. And it, it's really cool. It's like they're just it, it's so full of life and vivid. And it was and you got to hear a little bit of uh, Chris Pratt's voice a little bit more with the, and it's, the kind it, of it Brooklyn like it's Italian full accent. advantage of Mario's world. You know what I mean? It's not just like yeah. taking one aspect of it and adapting it. It's using like all of Mario's you know, imagery yeah. and then all the facets of his games to tell the story. Yeah. I also yeah. want to point out that the uh, so the composer is Brian Tyler. I'm not sure what else he's done. Um, oh, I Brian Tyler, did, like, I think Ralph he did Wonder Woman, the first one. Yeah. Oh, did he? Maybe. Pretty okay. Sure. So yeah. he's the the composer, and uh, you know, a cool thing is that he apparently is working hand in hand with Koji Kondo, the original composer for Mario and Nintendo, to incorporate ah. all the music. So it's one thing that that they're doing that the Sonic. Uh, 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 movies did not do the Sonic movies have no Sonic music in it like the only thing is there's a cute little Easter egg where like James Marsden's cell phone is like the Green Hill Zone theme and like yeah. that's it but in this minute and 30 second clip it's a full suite of just Mario music medley woven in oh, full orchestra great. and it works so good and I'm like that's amazing like that series has such a rich you know music background so i'm like yeah. it would be such a shame just i'm sure there'd be original stuff in it too but like it would be such a shame to like not tap into that well and in that minute and a half like they literally pulled like six themes from like six different games like, like it was awesome. mario brothers 3 it was the athletic theme it was like the actual original like mario brothers theme and like this great just like medley that just went perfect and i i just I think this movie is going to be absolutely tremendous. This is going to make a shit ton of money. It looks amazing. All the people that were like, oh, Illumination's doing it when they first announced it. Dude, that's – dude, honestly, I, I think this looks better than Pixar movies. It looks <laughs> absolutely incredible. Like, really watch it. Like, it is – I've never seen anything like it in my life. The animation's really remarkable. But will it pack I, the emotional punch? I, I feel like it's gonna I feel like mm. it's gonna oh also like it's very clear what the plot is now this is not a saving princess peach movie um it's very clear now because also there was another 30 second commercial that aired during the game awards that showed more new footage so <laughs> it's very clear at this point Mario and Luigi are starting out in Brooklyn in New York in you know the, the quote-unquote real world they're yeah. animated it's not like you know yeah, yeah. not CG but they're starting out there and it's clear that they go into some weird pipe area and then they get transported there's there's been name drops of different galaxies so they're weaving the mario galaxy thing in there and this concept that like mushroom kingdom is one galaxy you and see them going on an odyssey through the yeah he may be going on an odyssey you see them like you know when they they obviously go through some pipe and then they go through some weird like ethereal transport that like, gets into the mushroom kingdom and the plot of the movie seems to be that mario and luigi get separated so the movie is actually about mario in the mushroom kingdom i think like becoming the hero that we know in the games yeah. and going to save his brother. And it looks like with, with Luigi, he's kind of stuck with Bowser the whole time and all, and they're weaving some Luigi's mansion type mansion, stuff. In yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is amazing. Just like what they're doing. Like I'm, I, I'm over the moon. Like you could not ask for anything more as like a diehard Nintendo fan. Um, I think they're, they're doing everything right. This movie is going to be 
really tremendous. So that's awesome. Other weird thing. So this is a fun thing. Al Pacino was at the Game Awards. <laughs> Al Pacino came out at the Al Game Awards. Pacino. It was also very funny because he could not read the teleprompter and then basically <laughs> said so he was like i can't read the teleprompter that well Hoo-ah! and like he, he didn't do hua he didn't hua but he Aww. he really couldn't do it so it was like really weird and awkward and also i'm like oh al pacino's like really old now um that yeah. was another thing another musing but he introed the first award which was best performance and um of course christopher judge from god of war ragnarok won and he came up and he hugged Al Pacino. So I was like, it's canon. Al Pacino and Kratos have hugged. Um, <laughs> so that was just very random, very fun. The not burying the lead. What was the biggie? Yeah, Same. the last thing, and I think most important thing, obviously, uh, you know, rest in peace. We lost Kevin Conroy, probably one of the greatest Batman ever. Um, so we did get a reveal and some footage from Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which is the uh, Rocksteady Studios' next game, the follow-up to the Arkham, the Arkham games. And uh, we did get the reveal that Batman is in the game, uh, which is interesting because I thought it was going after the Arkham timeline, which spoilers for Arkham Knight, Batman dies at the end. Yeah. So I'm interesting. it's interesting to see him there, um, unless it's not following after the Arkham universe. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it's Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy is back, and uh, he did record the Batman lines for that game. So that will be his final performance. And we did get a re- release date, I believe, of May 23rd. So we're going to get more Batman. We're going to get one last ride of Kevin Conroy as Batman. I'm yes. That is the best news that came out of that. One last ride. And they, and they play, they, they uh, kind of introed it by, uh, they had his famous line. I am, I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. And they played that and it was uh, really awesome and like powerful. And I was like, Oh God, it was so sad. You know, it was definitely like, jolting but that's really cool so that's awesome that they got him back because uh, he voiced him obviously through all the games that was like his renaissance he came back they were like we're getting yeah. Paul Dini to write the story for batman arkham uh yeah. arkham asylum and we're getting everyone back and hamill was back i don't think hamill came back for the last one though i think it was troy baker right did the third one yeah troy baker like did. someone else uh, did, did, did but he did a great job yeah. he did a really good job too yeah. um so yeah so th- that was just kind of a couple of things uh god of uh elden ring got game of the year if you were curious and they got i think best direction and then um best narrative went to god of war best audio design it was pretty much like god of war and elden ring were just cleaning up everything um so uh oh also i should just mention real quick they did show a new trailer for final fantasy 16 which comes out in like june next year so seriously between like may and june it's like breath of the wild or uh suicide squad kill the justice league um uh, what i just say the the um uh, final fantasy 16 and then we're like there's like another two like huge games coming out in that time so what like, you're saying is on the spring i'm gonna hone again because you're gonna be very busy <laughs> yeah well what i'm saying is that i'm going to have a baby in march so i don't know uh, when yeah. play any of these video games um i'll somehow get tears of the kingdom in there and that's probably what i'll just be milking that's the only i could play it handheld while i'm while i'm holding a baby so sure. that's probably the only console I'm using. <laughs> well, listen, I, I have tips for you for getting your gaming in with the baby. Don't worry. I, I, I like I, it. I have a whole bunch of advice. That's beautiful. But, uh, so that, that's that's my stuff. But hey, listen. This is a great episode. And guess what? It's over maybe, unless you want to say more things. No, I think it is over. <laughs> episode 171. We're going to bring it to a close. Uh, if you have a topic or question you'd like us to tackle on an upcoming episode, please send it to the fanboy podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us over on the Twitter at the fanboy show. 
You can get Brett directly can. at Super Brettcon, and right. you can find me at Superman on Film. So until next week, uh, be kind and stay fanboy. So Adios. long.